Today, we talk about the easiest way to stand out in the hiring process and to ensure you get invited to the board interview, and that is fitness, making sure you do well during your fitness exam. Let's discuss. Before we get started, whether you're listening on the podcast or on YouTube, both of those gifts are down in the description for you. The Getting Started Workshop is going to walk you through each stage of the hiring process so you better know what's in store for your entire application and hiring process, plus some hidden bonuses in there that may make it a lot easier for you. Additionally, if you have something more specific to yourself, any questions you have about your background, about any of the hiring phases, jump on a free coaching call with myself. It's my gift to you. Don't worry about it. I'm here to help. And we will walk you through anything specific to your hiring process. Now, the fitness section of your hiring process, the fitness test, the fitness exam, it doesn't matter what you want to call it, the PT test, physical test. What is it? How does it affect you? Does it matter if you just pass it or does it matter if you crush it? And the answer is the latter, of course, on this one. The number one way to get invited to a board interview, and sometimes the board interview is before the fitness test. That's very rare, but if it happens to you, don't beat me up too much about it. Each department is trying to mix things up and they may change things, or you may have multiple board interviews. Anyway, the PT test is the number one way to get to ensure you get invited to the board interview. If you just pass the written exam, and this is for this written exam too, if you do really well in the written exam, you score a 99 or 100 on it, you're getting invited to the board interview as long as you pass the fitness test. Now, you want to pass it as best as you can, but usually if you're doing that well on the written, you're usually committed and you're doing well on the physical as well. So if you pass the written, you do well on the written, right? You pass the written. Most written are pass or fail anyway, so this is why the fitness can, can kind of make or break because although the fitness is pass or fail what happens is you're sitting in front or i should say you're you're working in front of a member of the department they're writing down notes making comments about each applicant that's there and who they feel is a good fit based on the physical applications whether you're doing the agility test or whether you're doing the tr traditional push-up sit-ups mile and a half and maybe a 300 yard sprint it doesn't matter if you're down in florida and you're doing a swim test none of this matters as long as you're doing well in each activity, if you do well in each activity, you don't have to be the best in every activity, but if you're doing well in each activity, you hands down are going to get invited to the board interview. The question is, is how do you do well in each activity? Number one is train to the test. Actually, I should say train past the test, right? So if you know you have to run a mile and a half, you should be running two miles, right? At a minimum. At a minimum, I'm not saying you need to start there. Remember, always speak with your doctor before you try any new changes to your diet or, or exercise regimen. But if you are going to run a mile and a half and you want to make sure you're not gassed and, and you can complete it, you should be running two miles at a minimum once you work up to it. Don't start there if you haven't ran in a few years. Start smaller, start at a half mile, start, start at a mile, walk, run, you know, walk the straightaways if you're on a track, excuse me, run the straightaways if you're on the track walk the corners and then maybe the next day mix it up walk the straightaways and then run the run the corners but get to two miles at a minimum you really want to get past that three miles is preferred but you really want to get to two miles so you're training past the test that way when you're at the test 
and you're running and you're coming up on the mile and a half, you're saying, I have so much gas left in the tank. I can just dump it right now. And if it's the last section of your test, usually the mile and a half is, then you know you're going to crush it and you know you're gonna you're gonna be able to probably get your your PR, your personal record or your PB, your personal best, however you want to describe it. The big thing here is training above what you need to do. I have a, a lot of coaching members that ask me, how do I get my push-ups up? How do I get my sit-ups up? Train past your numbers. So, well, I need to get 47 push-ups. Okay, so maybe you should be doing 100 sit-ups a day. I can't do 100 sit-ups a day. Yes, you can. It, it takes a couple minutes out of your day, whether it's push-ups, sit-ups. I can't remember which one I used here, but if, let's stick with sit-ups. You need to do 50 sit-ups, 47, 50 sit-ups, doesn't matter. Do ladders up and down, right? And what I mean by this is do one sit-up rest, do two sit-ups rest, do three sit-ups rest. Go all the way up to 10 and then come back down. And that's going to be 100 sit-ups and you're going to get rest in between. But what you're doing is you're actually building that strength in your core to make it feasible. And then when you actually sit down to test yourself, you're going to say 50 sit-ups in a minute is a cakewalk. I don't even have to try. It's the same with push-ups. It's the same with pull-ups. It's the same with even a mile and a half minus the minus the the rest section. If you want to do interval training for the run, I encourage it. But the run is a more endurance based test rather than a rather than a just kind of rapid fire sprint. To kind of circle back, if you do have to do a sprint or a three hundred meter sprint or something along those lines, interval training is great. Sprint the straightaways, rest the corners. Sprint the straightaways, rest the corners. That's really good training for the mile and a half to finish it out as well. And maybe you can mix that into your training. But for the most part, you want to make sure before you do anything along those lines that you can run two miles consistently without stopping, hands down. The next thing I'm going to wrap up, which I tell every single coaching member if they're at a PT test, motivate everyone else to finish. If you have gas left in the tank and you're doing the mile and a half and there's someone at the at the end and they haven't finished yet go run with them if they'll allow you to run with them just run up next to them trust me if they're run, if you've already finished and they're still at a pace you can keep up with them without being too gassed and you can just motivate them. hey i'm just gonna i'm gonna run with you and, and motivate you if that's fine i'm not sitting here to say be a cheerleader and say go team go all the time and be doing kicks and backflips but just going out there running next to someone say hey you can do this and if they're slowing down hey you have literally a half a lap left. You can do this. You're not even going to think about this in a week. It's not even going to be on your, on your register. That's something I used to say to myself on all my runs. I cannot remember any of my runs that were miserable. I remember some of my events, but I do not ever remember how miserable I was on my runs, no matter how far I was going, no matter no matter what I was, what the goal was, if I was wearing, wearing a weight vest, if I was running on soft sand, I can't sit here and recall a single run that was just so miserable. It's stuck in my psyche. It's stuck in my memory. So just, you know, say that to motivate someone. You're not even going to remember this in a week. Come on. I'm going to finish with you. Just dump everything you have. It's going to, it's going to suck for right now, but then in, in a week, in two weeks, in a month, you're not even going to remember this, but you know what you are going to remember. You're going to remember that you passed right? And then you have a shot at this department or this agency. Go out, motivate them. What what does that do for you? I'm not telling you to do it for, for the views, but I'm telling you to do it because it shows that you're a team player in law enforcement. You have to be able to support one another when the time comes, when it's right to do it, right? I'm not telling you to support, every, uh, support each other when you're doing something wrong, but when, when you're trying and you're working hard and you're doing everything right, 
law enforcement should always be there to support one another. And you should start right now while you're going through the application process. Remember, you're not competing against these other people. You're always competing against yourself. They're not going to hire you based on the fact that you're better than this candidate over here. They're going to hire you based on the fact that you're a good candidate, right? And how you do that is by being prepared and showing that not only can I come out here and crush this PT test, but I'm going to motivate everyone else to succeed as well. And that's that's one of the big key things I say to everyone whenever they're doing a typical PT test. If it's just something like uh, along the lines of a agility test, you can be on the sidelines and say, you know, kick your knees if you have to do a dip walk or, or a, a dummy drag or, or get them more off the ground. You got this. You got this. Go ahead. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying sit here and do kicks and backflips and wave pom-poms around. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just give someone some motivation. Let them know that they're there, that they can do it. And then just, you know, shake their hand when they're done and congratulate them for completing it. Okay. So you're going through the PT test. You're trying to figure out, is this everything? Am I doing everything I need to? The chances are you can not the chances, the facts are you can always do more, right? Chances are that you're probably doing doing the bare minimum. And maybe you are, maybe you're not. I'm not, I'm not judging or evaluating or anything along those lines. But the chances are you might be doing the bare minimum because that's all you have the time for. So if you have to wake up earlier in the day, right? If you have to go to sleep, you know, a little bit later because don't work out right before you go to sleep, that's bad, right? But if you need to sneak in an hour after right before dinner or right after dinner, whenever, whenever you're comfortable working out. And, and then that adds some time onto what you have to do for the rest of the evening. That's perfectly fine. And most of the time you only need 30 minutes a day. You know, you can work on, on calisthenics and full body weight workouts one day, and then you can work on running another day. You don't have to do it all on the same day. 30 minutes usually will get you there. And then running a running two miles in 30 minutes is very easy. It's something you're you're definitely able to do once you get up and you build your build your stamina and your endurance. 30 minutes a day, Monday through Friday, or you know, add in Saturday, Sunday if you have a irregular schedule or however it works, tailor it to you. Like I said before, we do this with every coaching member we have, and then anyone who who has ever taken our online course, right? Our online prep course for they find out that there's fitness plans in there and the fitness plan is tailored to to so many different types of types of schedules so you can do it we do it every single day for new members every every single day every single week and it gets them through through their process it makes them excel in their whether it's their written or their physical and then obviously their their boards and their polys and and psychs everything like that is all practical you can practice. You, everything is practical practice. And if you just train for it, for what's coming and you're aware of what's coming, it makes life so much easier for you. And it makes your hiring process so much smoother that you just go through it. You say, Hey, um, this is familiar to me. This is nothing new. I've seen it before. I've seen it in my, in my training course or my, my coaching membership, whatever it is. Big thing is, is you have to put in the work though. I could sit here and talk all day long and you can sit here and listen to me. And maybe you can listen to me while you're out on the run or while you have your headphones in and you're doing a quick workout. Maybe it's just push-ups, sit-ups, planks, right? Squats, anything. You should be listening to this, you know, throughout your workout. And maybe you're you're able to kill two birds with one stone. Keep it in mind that 
it's you. I can, I, as I said, I can talk all day long, but you're the one that has to put in the work. I'm just here to guide you and motivate you to succeed. And you can do it. You just have to put in the work. You have to have that mental toughness. And I know it's there for you. I do. Because everyone has it. Someone just needs to bring it out of you. I hope this helps. As always, those gifts are still down in the description for you. The Getting Started Workshop is going to walk you through every phase of the hiring process, plus some hidden bonuses. Download it. Use it. Watch it. Knowledge is power, especially in your hiring process. Additionally, if you have something more specific tailored to you, any questions about your background, about upcoming processes, poly, psychs, background interviews, PT tests, I am here to help jump on a free coaching call with myself. I'm glad to sit down and do what I can to get you through the hiring process as quickly as possible on your first shot or your current shot. Stay safe, and I will see you next time.